0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Around the Corner podcast, a part of Covering the Corner. I'm Brian Hemminger, co-host
1: with fellow co-host Matt Schlichting. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about minor league baseball prospects. Yeah, we're getting close to wrapping up the
0: minor league seasons. We've, we're have we down to just two seasons or two levels that are still playing regular baseball. All the short season finished up uh, at the end of August, and low A and high A are both in the playoffs right now, and I think double A is getting close to being done, and triple A will go
1: all the way until pretty much the end of September. It's an exciting time, and... As we were putting together the stats for this week, we were sort of reflecting on uh, it's kind of a fun time of the season because you get a little bit more focus on some different guys and some different levels that you might not normally be keen in on. At the beginning of the season,
0: um, you're just those four uh, full season squads, and then it just expands and expands, and then you're stretched out covering like seven or eight teams, so... It gets a little crazy, and then uh, now we're getting back to to hyper focusing a little bit.
1: I think I like um, Guardians Complex DSL Chartreuse as much as everyone else, but there's a lot of teams now when things get going. Even with one uh, of our levels now dearly departed.
0: Yeah, and and it's and it's difficult because uh, a lot of those you know DSL and and honestly most of. The Arizona league are all like international players that we're not as familiar with as say the guys that were drafting out of college that are basically immediately going into the full season squads. So, you know, you got to be really locked into the minor league teams and like really dig deep on all your prospect evaluations and everything to, to know those and, like, even somebody like me that is paying attention to that stuff a lot, like, I gotta be asking around, and be like, hey, who should I be paying attention to? Like,
1: There's you know. a lot of baseball mm-hmm. all the time, so I think we should kick it off. Can we learn about Sir George Valera?
0: Yeah, our uh, number one prospect, as picked by the Covering the Corner readers, is still doing well. Uh, he's been promoted to AAA now for a while. And he, over the last two weeks, was above average, slashing uh, 244, 320, 489, hit three home runs, two doubles, struck out 26% of the time, which I think is reasonable, walked 10% of the time, which is great. I mean, not quite at the level that he was earlier in the year, but you you, you maintain a a good on-base percentage that basically turns you slump-proof at times.
1: It's awesome, and his slugging as well helped out a little bit with the overall production this week too. Talk a lot about just getting on base, getting that on base percentage up to around forty percent. Uh, if you can smack the ball around a little bit too, that'll help when you maybe aren't getting his base quite, getting on base quite as much for whatever reason. He's just good at baseball. I Sorry, I just slapped my microphone. <laughs>
0: hey, you know what? It, it happens when you get excited. So. It, it sure does. And, and George
1: Valera is worth getting excited about. I have thought so. So Brian Rocchio is who we've got up next. And during the week, he slashed 292, 382, 563, WRC plus of 148. Elite. Yeah, he struck out 10.7% of the time and walked 12.5% of the Woo! time. No quibbles there even managed to steal a couple of bases although he did get caught twice in his adventures on the base paths doesn't really matter what a great week two weeks and and he's
0: doing it at triple a so again this is a guy that just is not slowing down if you remember last year he was good at high a and then he got promoted to double a and he was better Mm -hmm. and this year he was excellent at double a and he is not slowing down one bit and where is he triple a
1: where has he been playing on the Clippers?
0: Uh, I think shortstop. Primarily. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. They've been running uh, Arias at like first base and outfield. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure Rokio has
1: primarily been uh, shortstop. Yes. Uh, covering the corner readers, I think, did a very good job in the off season selecting Rokio at number two, given yeah.
0: it, how I'm he's stuck you. at shortstop the position. Shortstop of the future. Shortstop yeah. of the future.
1: It is exciting. So Tyler Freeman, another of the middle infielders who's <clears throat> come up through the system, in particular in the last couple of seasons, now at the major league level, what can you tell us?
0: He's been excellent. Uh, he's, you know, playing time has been, you know, off and on, but it just seems like every time he gets opportunities, he he makes the best of them. And at the major league level, slashing 333, 345, 370, um, and I don't even think that includes uh does that include the double yesterday? I don't know, but
1: this does not include numbers from the fourteenth. Typically, okay. when we would have been recording. Yep. Um, so those numbers are even better now, <laughs> um,
0: and yeah, he he's impressing me. I mean, this is a guy that you know doesn't have that patience at the plate of a, like a Stephen Kwan, but he does have that contact ability. I mean, he has a he has a low strikeout guy, a high contact. And while he doesn't have that elite power, I mean, he's got good doubles gap power. And and he's showing it at the Major League level. I, I just hope that they keep giving him more and more opportunities. This is a team that is struggling to find consistency from right-handed bats against left-handed pitchers. And we need to give him every opportunity against every left-handed pitcher we face moving forward the rest of the season, plus bonus opportunities on top of that, in my opinion. If he keeps hitting... Keep him in the lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Uh, the fact that he is at the major league level and the strikeout rate six point nine percent
1: over the last two weeks—that's ridiculous. That's lower than Quan's. Yeah, I especially given I don't want to say concerns; it makes it sound overblown, but that's exactly what you would want to be seeing from Tyler Freeman, specifically limiting strikeouts. Because yeah, he's he's not a guy that walks a ton. He has been trying to work on
0: that with his profile, but He does make up for it by getting hit by pitches. So uh, if he's going to limit the strikeouts and then make up for the lack of walks by getting hit by pitches, then more power to him.
1: Agreed. Daniel Espino is a young lad about whom we have some very official news. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's nothing crazy. It's just, it was an update from the MLB writer uh, for Cleveland and basically just said that he is... You know, anybody that was wondering if he was going to return at the end of the season and, you know, make an appearance or two, it's not happening. So it's not that they've shut him down. It's just he's continuing to rehab in Arizona. So they are being extremely careful with him. Um, I like in my opinion, he probably could have returned is my guess, but they just didn't want to risk it. And then they'll just let him go ahead and do his thing next year. And when you've got somebody with a dynamic arm like Daniel Espino that throws 101 miles an hour as a starter deep into like the sixth or seventh inning that people compare you to Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole, Cleveland is going to be extremely, extremely careful with him. That's the problem, though. They they compared him to Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, and Steven Strasburg. And uh, what happens to Steven Strasburg and and, uh, Jacob deGrom lately? Shh. So, (laughs) That that's the other thing is you know elite elite pitching, like elite ability to miss bats, but elite possibly, injuries. Possibly elite injuries. The good news is not the injuries that we're the most afraid of. So we haven't heard anything about forearms or elbows or ligaments. It's it's been knee tendinitis and you know a sortial. So if it stays with that, I can live with that. That's something you can you know improve yeah hopefully so. it's
1: nothing that just, can't be just keep those ligaments healthy Dan. keep your ligaments healthy kid come on drink your milk surely that helps at this time gabriel arias he slashed 297 413 432 hello 131 wrc plus uh just that's great
0: and that home run hit was like 400 and like 60 feet i think he crushed it yeah Um, what I'm really liking is he's showing patience at the plate as well. Eight walks. What? Loving that. Um, and on top of that, um, you know, this is a guy that all season has just been struggling to, to get that consistency because, uh, you know, he's been dealing with injuries. Then he's up to the majors. He's back down. He's hurt again. He's finally been healthy for a a decent stretch. And while he hasn't been getting consistent time at like the same position. They're moving him all over the field. He's playing every day. And it seems like he is, you know, back to showcasing why he is one of our top prospects when this guy can get consistent playing time and he's healthy. He's incredible.
1: I really like your point about him keeping up this level of production while playing all over the field. Mm-hmm. That's that speaks to like a higher level of concentration almost. Yeah. Cause I mean, this is a guy that his entire
0: career, he's been playing middle infield. I mean, mainly shortstop, the occasional third and sh- and second, but lately he's been outfield and first base because those are what the team needs, especially, you know, a, a right-handed first base hitter. And You know what? If we had a first baseman slashing 297, 413, 432, uh, I think people up in Cleveland would be drooling. So, especially as a righty, because right now, like if you don't know, you know, Josh Naylor cannot hit lefties. Like he is just not good at it. He needs to be platooned at this point. And Owen Miller is better against righties than he is against lefties. Um, So, we need like a right handed bat that can hit lefties. And, Maybe that's where Gabriel Arias finds his home next year.
1: If he does it because he doesn't stop hitting, awesome. I think him being given the opportunity at the corners, specifically first in in the outfield, that speaks to the organization's opinion of what he can do with the bat too. And here it is. You'd love to see it. On the flip side,
0: uh, Nolan Jones, not so hot. I mean, everybody's been on fire so somebody has to be regressing, and uh, unfortunately, Nolan has been struggle-busting it up really hard. Uh, over an 11-game stretch the past two weeks, he slashed 143, 234, 167.
1: When you say someone's WRC+, plus, you'd like for it to be more than two syllables. Yeah, WRC+, 13. <laughs> the one thing I will say,
0: he kept his walk rate over 10%. I which, you know, is a, a Jones staple. You know, usually he's up in the 15s or higher, but just the fact that he still maintained a, a good walk rate. And the while the strike route rate is at 29%, which isn't good, I mean, that's, you know, that's like right at that level that you can live with, and this is him struggling. So uh, he's he's been a bit unlucky too. I mean, 214 BAPIP. And out of his six hits, uh, only one has been for extra bases, and it was a double. So, you know what? Just uh, hopefully he can uh, he back up. You know, he's Nolan Jones. He knows how to hit. I'm sure that he'll bounce back.
1: I feel like I'm getting into speculative territory a little bit more often this episode. But if you're Nolan Jones and... Not only do you get called to the show, but it's, like, by his own admission, kind of everything he ever dreamed of. It was amazing. Then he goes on this tear, cools off a little bit. Now he's back in Columbus. I can see why there'd be a little bit of a hangover bouncing back. But my hope is that someone with his obvious talent, like, just, you gotta stay confident. It's gonna come back. I mean, especially looking and seeing that he didn't have any help from the BABIP gods this time. He clearly showed in those first couple of weeks in the bigs. He belongs, so it'll happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's he's too talented for this to get to him for too long. So exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if our next podcast, he's back to WRC Plus over
1: 100. I'm going with 187. That's what he's going to... Putting it out there now. Uh, make a mental note. Next Next two weeks, we'll find out. Moving along. Now that a a ludicrous prediction has been made, may I present Logan Allen? Let's hear it. In two games started, totaling nine innings, Logan Allen had an ERA of 3.0. Seven strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine, three home runs per nine. But again, these actually end up just being totals because he pitched nine innings. Works out that way sometimes. Uh, The big thing that jumps out, I guess, is three home runs, Mm -hmm. but they were all solo home runs, and it was half of the hits he allowed. Could the guy have a normal week? (laughs) Very
0: Hunter (laughs) Gaddis esque is that home run to hit rate.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nice to see him with a a closer to what we had been used to from him, I guess. Uh, Much more stable performance, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I could definitely live with an ERA of three, so... Uh, he he's still adjusting to that AAA environment, but it's this is much closer to the the Logan Allen we're used to. Now we just need him to have that you know go off and
1: get that ten strikeout game or something. Oh yeah, I miss those. But this if this was sort of like a baseline for a whole season, and then you had your stretches of really good games and stretches of what happened, great. It's a pretty good pitcher.
0: And then uh, Gavin Williams, uh, very similar in terms of ERA. He had a uh, three game started, ERA, exact same at three. Uh, but, man, he was blowing people away with the strikeouts. So over 15 innings pitched, he struck out 19, hit one, and walked three. So uh, very impressive uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio. Just uh, also got a little unlucky. Uh, allowing two home runs, so, but you know that's it. that's over three starts. You know that's something that's going to happen.
1: Have we considered in our minor league ballparks making it so that the fences go back twenty yards in the top half of the inning? <laughs>
0: uh, if anything, they should probably move the fence back twenty yards in right field in Columbus.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the pedialyte porch? <laughs>
0: I mean, how many pop-ups have turned into home runs over there? It's it's hilarious. but well, It uh, makes
1: it kind of fun when someone does blast one just oh, all the I way know. over it on the Nationwide. But it's a, it's a little bit of a silly
0: wall. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Gavin Williams has been excellent. I mean, I, I can count on maybe one finger uh, an episode where he's had uh, a rough two-week stretch. Uh, he's been just so consistent, so dominant all season. I mean, in terms of stuff, you know, Daniel Espino is still my guy, but uh, you might have to be bumping Gavin Williams up past him, possibly, just because of his size and build and consistency and that he's healthy. And he's just been doing it all season. So just loving what I'm seeing out of Gavin Williams. I, I can't wait to see him in the major league level, and he will be at the major league level next year at some point. It'll be really awesome because. You know, this year we've kind of had to struggle with guys that haven't quite been ready at the major league level. It feels like the only rookie that we've called up that was like really up for the challenge has been uh, Cody Morris, Like, like that has stuff that could play at the major league level right now. Like maybe some of these other guys could figure it out with time, like Curry and Pilkington and could be consistent major league starters. But, like, I think Cody Morris could, you know, be in the rotation right now. Like, he's good. But next year, like, just think that we could be calling up Gavin Williams, Daniel Espino, Tanner Bybee, like, all guys that could come up and dominate. Like, I'm so excited for next season with
1: what we have coming up with pitching. We've sort of had the parade of rookie hitters that have come up and made a big impact. Maybe next season ends up being part two. You're the pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I i'm with you on george Williams. valera
0: bow nailer brian rocchio
1: <laughs> it's it's an exciting time you talk about dudes for a couple of years maybe more and then one day they're like on the they're doorstep ready. and yeah. nationally recognized finally
0: it feels mm-hmm. good man it does feel good moving on john kenty noel who baby
1: yeah <laughs> that might be maybe that's just enough <laughs> That was a pretty good summation of his last two weeks of baseball. The thing that impresses me the
0: most here is the patience. (laughs) Yep. Right? 10 walks? I'm telling you. Are you you kidding me over 12 games? If this guy is figuring that out, I mean, I understand that people are not going to throw him as many strikes as somebody else just because he has the ability to hit it 500 feet. Um, and pitchers don't like that when that happens to them. So they're going to be a little bit more careful around him. And if he learns to take his walks, oh my goodness, is he going to be dangerous? Because guess what happens when he learns to take his walks? Then they're going to be like, well, if he's not going to swing at it, I'm going to throw him a strike. And then boom. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's twofold. It, it It's a win-win uh you're getting on base when they pitch around you and then they get tired of pitching around you and then you start clobbering the ball again and he so he, he mm. 268 415 561 yeah 163 wrc plus and he, and he did this with just a mediocre 276 bat pip. um but yeah 10 walks 10 strikeouts and, and plus a hit by pitch three homers three doubles um i mean the guy is incredible he really is um and he's at double a and he's doing this at double a which is
1: even more exciting this is my favorite kind of power hitter slash line actually is you see you're reading the slash line left to right you see 268 and you're like okay so he can hit the ball and you see 415 and you go okay this guy's a patient hitter this guy you can't fool him He'll just take the walk. Then you get to 561 or who knows next season, maybe 782. And suddenly you're talking about Barry Bonds shit. Yeah. I mean, 415,
0: 561, that's uh, uh, an OBS of almost a thousand. So
1: It's not quite, you know, barrel for Bonds, but no one's going to be upset if you're one of the best hitters in your league year after year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Even more things to be excited about with uh, Noel. I really think that they've got some gurus hitting wise at double a. And if he continues to work with them and, and develop as a hitter when he's already got that natural power. Oh my goodness. He could be terrifying. I hope so. Yeah. We've, we've got some guys that are really making leaps this year and uh, Noel was off to a slow start. If you remember, I mean, yes, for having a slow start, he's got 33 or 32 home runs, which is amazing. Is he
1: still in the overall minor league lead, do you know? Uh,
0: he went through a pretty long stretch without home runs. So I'm guessing that he dropped off. I don't know for sure. But uh, I'm sure that he's still up there among the leaders. Because he was at the, like the lead when he had like 27. And he's only got like 32 now. And
1: that was like a month ago. I feel like... There are so many more dingers to come. Yes.
0: I can't we'll wait survive. to see this guy hit dingers at the major league level.
1: I'm pretty sure he's gonna make Oscar Gonzalez look small too, which is something. I think they're about
0: the same size, aren't they? I mean Gonzalez is six four. I mean we've got some big boys in this in this uh system. I mean Gonzalez is six four, Benson's six five, Jones is about six four. I'm guessing Noel's about the same size. It says
1: he's six three two
0: fifty. There you go. Okay, so they're all about the same size in real life, and they're all shorter than Tristan. All shorter than Tristan McKenzie. Believe it or not, it's an excellent reflection to end on. And so I will <laughs> hand it over to you. All right, final number ten, uh, Bo Naylor, still doing well. Uh, very interesting slash line. Okay, so you are thinking two hundred five, two seventy three. That's you know nothing to you know sneeze at. But how come he's got a WRC over 100 anyway? Uh, It's because his slugging is 590. So out of his 10 hits, four were dingers and three were doubles. He had one single out of 10 hits. He just did it to prove a point. 90% extra base rate over the past two weeks. Yeah, it appears. Nine out of his 10 hits were for extra bases.
1: Maybe he's trying to short circuit the game. He just decided singles aren't for him. Who, who even needs first base? Just yeah. wave at it
0: every time as you pass. Yeah, it's just hilarious. So, speaking um,
1: of power carrying a line a little bit, even more so than Valera this week. Very cool. I'm
0: guessing in our uh, top uh, five players of the week. Oh no, you're talking about Bo Naylor still. <laughs> yes, yes I am. Yes, yes. Just... but yeah, and he's doing it in AAA as well. So while Josh Naylor has kind of, uh, you know, started to slump a little bit at the major league level, maybe, you know, just recovering from that injury and all that stuff is starting to catch up to him a little bit. Bo is not slowing down at all. I mean, he is still crushing baseballs. Had a multi-homer game the other day. I mean, there is just nothing about this guy that I don't love. He is on track for a 2020 season in terms of home runs and stolen bases. I think he's got 22 stolen bases and, Eighteen or nineteen home runs so far this season, and since he's at Triple A, he's got you know two more weeks to make it happen. So, I, I love think, it. I think he
1: does it. And so, moving along, let's crack into the top five from everywhere else in the system this week. Let's do it. We've got five pretty impressive players. Uh, the first name on the list is not a stranger to the list,
0: and we will withhold his statistics until we get to uh the corner cupboard we're not even so, going to say who he is yeah we'll just let you know it you have a 1 in 4 chance of guessing who it is if you know our
1: corner cupboard players number 2 on our list for the last couple of weeks is a certain Jonathan Rodriguez oh baby uh
0: Jonathan Rodriguez slashed 308 341 718 718 Yeah, good for a 177 WRC+. This is Breakout City right now.
1: Out of his 12 hits, nine went for extra bases. Yeah,
0: three home runs, a triple, and five doubles. Like, this guy is single-handedly carrying the Akron Rubber Ducks offense right now. Like, because if you remember, Akron started the season with George Valera, Brian Rocchio, um, and they both got promoted else got promoted from double a that i'm forgetting was it bo yeah bo bo started at double a as well and he got promoted so and will brennan got promoted so yeah uh they've had a bunch of guys get promoted from double a that were raking and he has just stepped in and it took him a like a week or two to, to to figure it out a little bit but oh my goodness he just has been unbelievable. Like, these are the exact same type of numbers he was putting up when he was on fire at Haye in Lake County.
1: Yeah. And I, I think one thing someone could point to is hey, he had a bad bip of 391. I'm not so worried about that when nine of his 12 hits go for extra bases. He was hitting lasers all the time.
0: I'd say the only thing to be concerned about is he ha- is still striking out 31% of the time. So. But when he's hitting the ball, oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, yeah, this guy has just exploded this season. Like he was good. Like he's always been good. Like he's always had a WRC plus of over like a hundred, but not a lot over a hundred, right? Um, let me look it up quick. Um, but like throughout his minor league career, like look, uh 2017, he was at rookie level, 108 WRC+. 2018, they kept him at rookie level for an entire extra year, repeated, WRC+, 122. 2019, finally moves up to, I think, Mahoning Valley, the low-A half season, has a WRC+, of 123. Um, Then 2020 happens, and last year, he starts at Lynchburg, gets promoted up to Uh, Lake County but at Lynchburg again a 120 WRC plus like he just has been consistently at that level just you know 20 percent better than everybody else and then this year starting the year at high a Lake County 149 WRC plus just incredible starting to turn some heads and mashing taters his best season in terms of power was 2021 he hit 7 home runs okay this year he has 25 like we were always wondering when that power was going to uh play up it's it's up now <laughs> it's up like right now fangraphs has him ranked as the 53rd prospect in Cleveland system <laughs> uh he's going to be making a big jump for next year
1: I wouldn't be surprised I guess the right way to say it is I would be surprised if he's not in our readers top 20. Oh yeah. He, I mean, he was in our top 20, like he would always be at like number 19
0: (laughs) every year. And this year he's, he's definitely jumping up. I mean, and this is with a loaded system, but he's just thinking he kind
1: of got crowded out more than anything. It's not like he stopped playing well.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's stayed good. It's just other guys were better. But this year, he's been better. So, really speaking,
1: excited. Yeah, speaking of another breakout of sorts, Carlos Vargas, who had not pitched in since 2019 coming into this season and had a little bit of a slow start, probably due to getting used to playing baseball again, uh, certainly is off to the races now.
0: Yeah, Car- Carlos Vargas, I think the most wild thing about him is... Entering this season, not just had he not pitched since 2019, he'd never even pitched at full season ball, and he was on the 40-man, and he'd never even pitched at, like, Lynchburg level. Back in 2019, he pitched at Mahoning Valley, which was half season, and that level doesn't even exist anymore, and he wasn't even that great. He had an ERA of 4.52 over uh, 15 starts, but this year... You know, in his debut, recovering from Tommy John surgery, not pitching in 2020 or 2021, um, they debut him at Double A, and um, he pitches okay, not great. They they uh, give him 19 appearances, but then they promote him to Triple A, and all of a sudden, he his stuff just starts playing up, and he starts striking people out. He's throwing 100 miles an hour with a wicked slider. I think that he has potential to add to that elite bullpen. Like he was a guy that they wanted to to start and it just wasn't working. Um, And he's somebody that throws, you know, a hundred plus with a 90 plus mile an hour slider. Um, That's going to play in a bullpen. I mean, it's going to be terrifying in a bullpen. The fact that he can go out there and go all out for one inning at a time. I'm really excited to see him.
1: Well, and he's... Still just 22 years old as well. And speaking of innings pitched, he went for five total innings in the last couple of weeks. Struck out 10 guys, struck out half the guys he faced, walked two, gave up one home run. Um, When you were talking earlier about his exploits after promotion, that was his promotion to double A. He has been promoted to triple A, though, as of like.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant was. After he got promoted to AAA, he did well.
1: Sorry for the confusion. I'm yeah, spinning.
0: All right, no problem. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do at the major league level. This is a guy that's been on our 40 man roster for like two plus seasons, and they kept him for a reason. And you're going to see him. I can't wait. I I really hope that we like crush Minnesota like 15 to nothing, and he gets to go pitch the seventh inning, and just you know. And he's just all over the place, excited. And I just can't wait to see what he does.
1: It'll be fun. Like
0: uh, his last appearance, like he could barely control his fastball. He had to throw his slider like every pitch for strikes because every time he threw a fastball, it was like four feet outside the zone. And then he still like struck out the side. (laughs) So, no, this, this is a guy that has extremely high potential. Like ceiling is through the roof with this kid. Like. He doesn't throw a cutter at 101 like Klaes, but he throws
1: 101. It's going to get him some opportunities to pitch in the majors for sure, and I'm excited to see it. Our next guy in the top five is Angel Martinez, who accomplished this feat by slashing 297, 438, 459. Good for a WRC plus of 152. Pretty excellent stuff. He drew seven walks in that time frame and also added three hit by pitches. And that's why you see the 438 on base percentage. Pretty excellent stuff.
0: Yeah. And he's doing this as a 20 year old at double A. Don't forget. Um, I mean, that's what makes him so exciting uh, is, you know, he's basically a year behind uh, Valera and 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 those guys. And he's putting up just video game numbers. He was having a very strong season at High A Lake County. And then when Valera and Rocchio and them got promoted, he just, you know, went right up the chain, just like uh, right behind them along the assembly line. And just like uh, Rodriguez, he is doing very well. And he's actually been more consistent at double A than Rodriguez has. Rodriguez had a, a feeling out period there where he was slumping. I don't know if Martinez has slumped at all. Like, I don't know if he's slowed down at all since getting promoted like let me double check here
1: i'm actually looking at his game log and yeah not he was really yeah.
0: he he's played 77 games at high a this year had a 140 wrc plus got promoted he's played 20 games at double a wrc plus 143 <laughs> his, not his strikeout rate dropped six percent at double A.
1: i'm, I'm as I'm sitting here looking at the game log, it's a little like reading the Matrix, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, this kid is special. He really is. Like, I think he's a top ten prospect for uh, for next season, which is nuts, really nuts. But I, I legit, legitimately think maybe some of these guys will uh, age out. Like, I think Freeman could lose his uh, prospect eligibility here pretty soon. Uh, will Benson might have already lost his. So. We're, we're having some guys, you know, rotate out a little bit. We're getting there. And, uh, I think
1: Martinez is very close. He is knocking on that door of the top 10. I like that prediction. That's fun. And our, our last member of the list this time, someone that you brought to my attention. Who was it? His name's uh, Ryan Webb. Ryan un- Webb. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with him, he was our
0: fourth round pick in 2021 and didn't debut until after halfway through this season. Um, He had undergone Tommy John surgery when we drafted him. So uh, he was a guy that probably would have been higher, you know, possibly a first round talent, but was injured, but uh, was still good enough to go fourth round while hurt. And he's taken a little bit of time to get rolling this year, uh, but it seems like he's really starting to settle in. His last two starts at Lynchburg, as they are, you know, still babying him along a little bit. But at single-A full-season Lynchburg, he had two games started, uh, nine innings pitched overall, struck out 17, walked three, no earned runs, seven hits. Ryan Webb. So, yep. That's a ga- another guy to pay attention to. I mean, last year we had Gavin Williams, we had Tanner Bybee, We've had Will Dion, Jack Leftwich, Rodney Boone, um, Doug Nikhazy, and Ryan Webb.
1: Don't forget Ryan Webb. Ryan Webb. <laughs> enough said. That brings us to the corner cupboard for this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, as you guys know, the corner cupboard are players that you know weren't good enough to make the uh, covering the corner top 20 prospect list. But we thought very highly of, and we're going to be tracking their progress throughout the season, one position player and one pitcher each. Uh, we can add or remove a player from our corner cupboard as we please. But thankfully, I did such a great job picking my guys. They've been in there all season long.
1: Yeah, you're going to ace the season, actually. It's been, been it's been a
0: good year for my corner cupboard guys, because uh, they're both going to be in the prospect rankings
1: next season, like genuinely, I think if you had to pick like the highest risers in the system, it, it might be these two guys. That's fun. I,
0: I'd say one of yours might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Will Brennan, uh, my hitter, slashed three eighty two, three eighty six, five eighty two, good for a one fifty two WRC plus. He had gone through a little stretch there where he was finally slumping for the first time all season. He actually got his batting average at AAA. It was up at like 350. It was almost below 300. And then he went through like a six or seven game stretch with multi-hit game each time. Don't do that. <laughs> so he is back to raking, doing what Will Brennan does best. And he has over 100 RBIs this season in the minors without being a power hitter. I mean, it's that's just none. Fun. <laughs> that just blows my mind. This guy has just been the most clutch hitter in Cleveland's system all season long. Just really excited to see what he can do. And I know that Miles Straw is starting to pick it up again, but this guy is really going to be pushing Miles Straw for playing time next season.
1: Yeah, and I guess another note to support Brennan's excellence here is that longtime teammate Alex Call, now a member of the Nationals, uh, since starting to play for the Nationals on August 14th, has a WRC plus in the majors of 104, hitting 236, 288, 455. This is the player that the Guardians chose to part with, putting up meaningful good at bats. Here's Will Brennan still in the system, clearly favored over the guy putting up meaningful good major league at bats. I'm not saying that Brennan's ready now. He probably is. I'm excited for next season. I don't know.
0: I mean, Alex Call is ten days away from being 28 years old too. So yeah, and it, I'm- he was a he was a 27 year old rookie, which I, I was rooting for all season. Like he and he deserved to get called up and make his yes. MLB debut. I, I wish that they'd been able to hang on to him a little bit, but you know what? I'd rather he be somewhere that he can get regular playing time as well. And apparently, he's the new you know Juan Soto.
1: I guess he has filled that role, He is
0: replacing Juan Soto, a rookie that is older than Juan Soto. Baseball.
1: Well, and I I just, I mean, in this case, Brennan still being with the Clippers, I guess, is a sign that the organization values him maybe more than we thought at first when he wasn't getting promoted like we thought he deserved. I'm kind of doing backflips here in my head a, a little bit, I know, but. Well, it's he, al- he also me.
0: did start the year at double A, so you know he's been he was great at double A and he got promoted and he was great at triple A. But we already had, you know, Quan and Straw and Oscar Gonzalez, and then we called up Jones and Palacios and Benson that can all play in the outfield. We really didn't have a, a, a spot for him at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see if he can just, you know, force his way on by continuing to hit.
1: If he he keeps doing this stuff, by it's golly. Just,
0: the problem is now outfield is becoming a strength in the system, so it's, it's going to get tougher and tougher uh, for him.
1: Yeah, I guess it's never a bad sign when they keep having guys learn new positions just to make sure they have a chance in the lineup, almost. Um, speaking of a guy who can play multiple positions in Jake Fox, uh, this is the kind of stretch that convinced me we needed to track Babip, I think. <laughs> what, what? He slashed. Dot uh, o six three, or dot If you are a stickler for using numbers, dot two o five, dot It's a WRC plus of one. The one. One. <laughs> wow. the loneliest number that you'll ever do.
0: But look at that Babip. That is so unlucky. That is insane. His
1: Babip is dot zero seven four. That's unheard of. That's that's it's like you can almost throw out all these numbers because even if you bunt it every time, you're gonna do better than that. Seriously. Like
0: How many ladders did he walk under over the past of years? It's just yeah. <laughs> Did, I Did he, like, go into a house of mirrors and just start throwing rocks and just break every one of them?
1: It's something bad. It's really, the only thing that you can say is he had a walk rate of 15.4%. So, despite really bad luck, he still took his walks. No, he, Hopefully, he clearly, we have some positive regression here. He because clearly
0: was cursed by a gypsy.
1: <laughs> you got to treat... Everyone you come across with respect. Come on, man. You never know. They might have a wicked, wicked curse ready for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he did steal four bases.
1: That's kind of fun. Yeah. That's thank hilarious. you for, for pulling that up. So out of the eight total times on, or, yeah, eight total times on base, he swiped one four times.
0: That's, that's amazing.
1: Making up for, uh, A little bit of lost production, but unfortunately, base running is captured in WRC Plus, so it's still just a one. (laughs) It's a week you have to laugh about, I imagine. He's really, really frustrated, but, like, that sucks. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Now, something I will not be laughing about because it was, you know, bringing tears of joy to my eyes is... Mm -hmm. Will Dion stretch in his uh, final two games of the regular season? My goodness! Most impressively, he did this after being promoted. You know, it was something we talked about. I don't know if we did talk about it. It was if, or if we did, it was right at the end of the last episode. Um, he finally got promoted to High A Lake County, and my goodness, did he make take advantage of that promotion? In two starts for Lake County, he went twelve and two thirds innings. Struck out fifteen, walked three, allowed one run on one solo home run. Just flat out dominant.
1: They're numbers that, yeah. I think if I wanted to make a point, I would just read the numbers again. But they're so good, they're just there. (laughs) Yeah, for the Kershaw man. I'm telling you, this guy
0: is he real? This is Baby (laughs) Kershaw. He literally, if you watch him pitch. He has the exact same pitching motion, and even the the little mini hitch in his windup and delivery uh, of Clayton Kershaw, and he's a lefty. He just doesn't throw quite as hard, but uh, you know, another he has a wicked curveball. I mean, just very Kershaw esque is Will Dion. I think uh, the reason that he slipped is you know five foot ten. You know, Cleveland found that uh that area that other teams are scared of and they just dove right into it head first.
1: Pitcher height is a whole weird thing. But obviously there are plenty of pitchers who have been able to work um under that, I guess. Moving along, Jack Leftwich is the pitcher in my corner cupboard. He had some weird gaps in his time. During the last couple of weeks. So he only made the one start. Pitched three innings. Gave up a run. A couple of hits. There was a second run that was unearned. Struck out three. So not a lot of activity to report. I guess the most noteworthy thing is that he had three walks in that time. But not much to report. And so the cupboard closes. Cassant.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that pretty much wraps up our covering the corner or, cu- or uh, corner cupboard. But we did have one question. To answer before we uh call it a night um matt dallas sent a very interesting question and i want to hear your thoughts on this one first and then i have a couple in mind for answers as well but he said with the minor league season winding down who do you think next year will be the next will benson slash bo Naylor? by that i mean a guy with former top prospect status who lost some of their luster but starts to figure it out this is a really fun question like can you think of anybody that you know was a top 10 guy that just fell off that you think has the ability to to make that rebound i have a couple i have a couple that i feel like are cheating
1: i have one in mind but i'm I'm reviewing numbers quickly to make sure I'm not crazy. It's a little crazy, but I believe injuries also factor into this a little bit, but I think Ethan Hankins is someone who could bounce back and make some noise. You stole mine, you bastard. similar to Vargas. (laughs) He really hasn't pitched since 2019, but he was a first round pick in the compensation round um, back in 2018. And, some of his pitching videos back in the day, kids. If you haven't seen them, yikes! <laughs> they were they were all over Terrifying. Twitter there for a bit. He was cool on pitching ninja before some of you kids.
0: I was trying to think of like somebody that was top ten that fell off and you know is still young. And I'm trying like somebody that comes to mind is Aaron Bracco, but man, you know he was high A last year with Valera and Rokio and put up a 58 WRC plus for the whole season. Batting average, 174. So what did they do? They let him repeat there. You know, guys like Benson, when he repeated at single A, remember he put up like video game numbers. He had that four home run game, like, and it, and immediately earned a promotion halfway through the season because he was so amazing. And then, you know, had his levels of struggles still, you know, as he lost continued to lose prospect status, but but what he repeated, he crushed it, right? Same with Bo Naylor. You know, he had his down season last year, repeated and dominated. Bracco repeated this year and he went from a fifty eight WRC to a sixty-eight. And he and he played he played ten more games. Like it's just it doesn't seem like he something happened. Like strikeout rate dropped by one and a half percent but his walk rate dropped two percent uh i don't know it's frustrating like he he showed no increase in power like there's just there's nothing there to tell me that 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 he will figure it out it
1: would be a hell of a pick for that reason
0: so i i cannot go with brocco he had Um,
1: such a good showing in his first year in the system though it it just feels like letting go in some ways i'll i'll throw one out there
0: Maybe this guy has just been struggling with injuries this whole time, and maybe this will give him his chance to figure it out. And he's still young as well, just 20 years old. Carson Tucker. He was a first-round pick in 2021. He stunk it up at the Complex League with a 75 WRC plus over six games. This year he has a 44 WRC plus at Lynchburg. So maybe, you know, he's he's got a brother that made it to the major league level. He's got that pedigree. Maybe he figures it out. I mean, there is absolutely nothing telling me he's going to figure it out. Nothing in the numbers is screaming that he's going to figure it out. I mean, his strikeout rate jumped to 40%, but but he is a guy that had that pedigree at least. And he's young enough to to maybe be able to make some adjustments. The only other person I can think of that might might be realistic is like Josh Wolf. Maybe like he was like a fringe top 10 guy when we traded Lindor and got him. and, And he has struggled with injuries for both seasons that we've had him. So maybe if he can get healthy and get consistent playing time, we might see something out of him next year. Like he seems like someone that legitimately has been offset by, by injuries.
1: Did we ever have Lenny Torres in or around our top 10?
0: Oh, yeah. Lenny Torres was like easily top 10.
1: Okay. But he's another. He's he's another one with
0: injuries. He had Tommy John and then pitched all of last season and did not pitch well.
1: Nor has he really this
0: season. And this year is it was a very weird season. I don't think that he was hurt, but he pitched very poorly. And then his dad died. And he went on the inactive list, and he was really close with his dad. Like every story, when he got drafted, it was about his dad. So,
1: and that's that, yeah, it's a like, very that's a tough very situation, tricky thing. I I bring it up because it would be a very cool story to see him be able to um, overcome, right yeah, right the ship, mm-hmm.
0: be able to. I mean, the talent's there. It's just it's tough, you know, coming off of Tommy John. It's sometimes it's some people are never the same.
1: Yeah, and I I lost my mother this year and it is of course up to everyone to process that in their own way, but we're rooting for him, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. No,
0: I I absolutely am rooting for him. He is a very likable dude. So, I hope he can figure it out cuz I mean, he I remember when he got the year he got drafted, he pitched at uh in Arizona in the rookie league and there were Baseball America said that he was the most impressive pitcher that pitched there that whole season.
1: He was really young too. He was seventeen. Yeah, he was he was seventeen years old. I guess that's another thing to keep in mind with him is he is still very young. He's, this is his age twenty one season. I, I
0: definitely feel like he could figure it out. It's just, yeah, you know, I'm rooting for you, Lenny. Absolutely. I hope you're. I hope you're listening to this and you just work that little bit extra harder and uh, get that little bit of extra motivation and, and just kick ass next year.
1: Strike those fuckers
0: out. No. Just, there it is. Yeah, because... Yeah, 20, 2018, he had a 176 ERA, 12.9 uh, K per nine, 2.3 walks per nine. Ever since uh, the Tommy John, though, hasn't had a walks per nine lower than 6.3. So, he'll get it, though. I believe. Like, the command is the last thing to really come back after uh, Tommy John
1: true so he's got that going for him too which as we know is nice I I think that brings us to the end of the podcast this week but there is um, I was wondering if I could share a quick poem before we go oh oh, do tell I'll just go right into it come come and listen to a YouTube video about a Red Sox named Waka. A poor astronomer scarcely had ramen for his family.